Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Bienvenidos, muchachos. Boom. And we got the taste of I am here. I'm in attendance. Here to, uh, here to drink beer. Explain your answers to the question. <laughs> what the hell are they talking about? Yeah, what the hell is that? They're making that shit up. Well, <laughs> you know. That's, that's, <laughs> I've, heard, I've actually heard that done on this in these airwaves, but... Uh, <laughs> Was, yeah, was any of the one of you guys? I, I think there are times when uh, you know we give our best answer. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, and uh, that best answer could possibly be pulled from uh, a nether region. <laughs> well, some, sometimes uh, in our defense, sometimes we get questions sent in to uh, uh, Bruce Strong at thebrewingnetwork dot com. Mm-hmm. You send in your questions there. Sometimes we get questions in that are just so out there they're very <laughs> difficult to answer oh, yeah. but but we try well the thing is we try we don't say well we don't know uh ask somebody else we're like all right well we'll give it our best shot yeah. and we'll give you as much information as we possibly can i think we do a pretty good job of it but yeah, too. you know i think we also say well you know we don't really know but here's what we would suppose is the answer yeah you give it the chris white answer like uh right. Well, it depends, you know. Well, We're speculating yeah. here. We we tend to avoid yeah. the it depends. I mean, well, we'll use the it depends, but we go ahead and firmly come down with a uh, – our guidance is to come down with a recommendation or something yeah. that it's, you can act on can, versus just leaving you wondering. Give this a try and that a try. And if yeah, you get yeah. that or that, then yeah. I guess, yeah, yeah, exactly. Move it, up, move it forward a little that's, bit at least. That's the goal. I like that. That's good. Right? We always – we have, a, we have a, a strict requirement on this show for uh, – we're trying to help, trying to yes. we're trying to trying to make things better. Yeah, I'll tell you who else is trying to make things better. Our good sponsor, John Blickman. He's Indeed. trying to make uh, homebrewing uh, better, su- succeeding, and he he has. Yeah, I mean, if you think about uh, you know how he's advanced, uh, you know the the technology of uh, homebrewing equipment. You know, you look at like the beer gun. You look at. Um, oh. My hot latest, hot latest, I love the hot rocket the Terminator. Show. Yeah, uh, the, which the Terminator and what 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 was it at the show you were saying? Uh, he just introduced the BrewVision at the oh, la- yeah. latest uh, right, homebrew right, conference. Right, yeah. the Bluetooth uh, temperature sensors. Right, right, right. Very cool. Yeah. You know, so the guy's always trying to make homebrewing easier, better, better controlled, better, better. You know, easier to do. Uh, you know, a lot more fun, a lot more cool, yeah, and uh, and more sizzles succeeding, absolutely succeeding. So, uh, check them out, blickmanengineering.com. They're paying for the show, so you don't have to. So, the least you can do is go to the website, check out all the cool gear, and then uh, someday, who knows, maybe you're in the market for something, uh, you'll consider picking up some Blickman gear. But, uh, we'd appreciate if you check them out. Send uh, at feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com. You can send them a, an email and tell them how much you love that they uh, sponsor the show uh, or that they're insane for sponsoring the show. <laughs> Either way, um, at least they, they know you're out there and alive. Um, so check them out, BlickmanEngineering.com. All right, we're doing a live Q&A show today. Live meaning you could actually get on the website. You can jump in the chat. You can listen live, and you can even call us. And you could call us if Bevo's not asleep. Uh, you could you could you know ask questions in the chat or call eight 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 four zero one beer. It never seems to work, but uh, you you could <laughs> give it a try eight 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 four zero one beer. All right, 
first question, Porno Steve. All right. This one's about stainless steel. I'm looking to build a Franken-brew system, brew house only, of around five to seven barrels from used stainless steel vessels purchased from surplus yards. The previous use of these vessels may be unknown. My question is, how would you clean and qualify these vessels to be used in a commercial brewery? Are there signs to look for that would make them unusable in the brewing industry? Thanks for all your help and info in the past. Well, um... Interesting question. Yeah. You, it would be best if these stainless steel vessels came from the food industry. Mm -hmm. So that would, you know, ensure that they were, you know, uh, either austenitic stainless steels of say 200 or 300 series, um, you know, proven for, um, use as, uh, brewing equipment. Um, that being said, I you know if it is if you can look at it and see that it's not rusting, see that it is stainless. Um, well, chances are it is a, a food grade alloy. Even sometimes you get a little rust on something. Even on yeah. like three hundred four, you know, it comes yeah. off. You treat it with acid, and you know, yeah, comes get a right real off. light dusting of rust. Right. Um, well, what I was going to ask you is: is there a, a, any sort of chance for some sort of non-food grade chemical or product to embed itself somehow in the stainless or attach itself somehow to the stainless that it would come no. off into the beer? No. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't think so. So Not unless it were a visible tactile coating, mm -hmm. you know, on it. I mean... Right. So if you clean this thing with... Uh, Either elbow grease and some uh, PBW, or you know, some hot caustic. If you do a hot caustic treatment in it, and then yeah. uh, you know, a rinse it, and then a hot acid treatment, yeah. uh, it's it's going to be good and ready to go for uh, brewing, I would think. Yes. Yeah. And you know, if it seems like it's stainless, I think that's good enough. That's that's pretty much it. Um, I think the. The different grades of stainless, it would be it would matter to more to you as you know uh, the producer or owner of the stainless where uh, it may change the cleaning regimen that you have to do with it. You know, mm -hmm. some are more high maintenance than, mm -hmm. than others. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as you know, quality of the product the, of the beer that comes from it, I don't think it's going to have any real effect. Well, so, yeah, and, and if you're getting it for essentially for free. Or mm -hmm. really dirt cheap, um, I would think. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I wouldn't invest a lot in it. But mm -hmm. there you go. All right. Now I threw that one in for you, John. Appreciate question, it. Question about stainless. I know that gets you going. It does. I'm, I'm, I'm wide awake now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's do this. Let's take a short break. When we come back, uh, John will have a beer. He'll be more <laughs> sleepy, and we'll answer the rest of your questions right after this. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch Do out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... 
Brew Your Own magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. about White Lab's Pure Pitch Yeast. Pure Pitch is yeast grown right in its final packaging. That means yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. And White Lab's Pure Pitch Yeast for homebrewers is now available to everyone at homebrew retailers nationwide. Easy to use, perfectly sized, and ready to pitch. White Lab's yeast packaged using their FlexCell process ensures the purest yeast on the market. Visit whitelabs.com to learn more about Pure Pitch, FlexCell technology, and how it's created. Then visit a homebrew retailer near you for your own perfectly sized package of Pure Pitch yeast. And you can say hello to your own little friend. www.whitelabs.com Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. We were discussing uh, Mitch's new endeavor. Yeah, his new uh, business partnership. New new thing. What's he doing? What's he doing? Mm -hmm. He's leaving Stone. Mm. The 30th is his last day. I'm, I'm flying down there uh, this week. We're doing our Heretic collab, and then uh, and he's done. Oh. And then, How uh, long has, has he been there for? Ten years. Long time. Mm. That's a good amount of time. He gave it a... Yeah. He moved things along. Oh. Oh, it has oh, moved yeah. along a lot in that he, amount of time. He tremendously improved the beers at oh, Stone. Because yeah. he knew yeah. good beer. You know, he yeah. knows good recipe and stuff. Yeah. yeah. He brought all that with him. Yep. Yep. So now he's going to be opening a brewery of his own? Yeah, yeah. some partners that are kind of more towards the restaurant side, it sounded like. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Be fun. New adventure. He he could have. He could have, uh, you know, come to Heretic. I'm just saying. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. He passed. Passed, passed on that, I guess. I'm not bitter about it. I'm, I'm okay. You're I'm not bitter. He's still got his a name on one of the fermenters. He's, he's on one of the, the big fermenters. <laughs> yeah. I love Mitch. He's a good Oh, he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Nicer than Jesus, I say. I think so. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. You know who else is nicer than Jesus? Our good friend John Blickman. <sighs> oh, no, not that guy. Oh. Uh, e. Rector. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ernie. Ernie Rector. Yeah. Now the guys from Lamont. Those I love oh. those that's like good Midwest normal dudes. They are indeed. I love those guys. Uh, Even though they're East Coast Baltimore area. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. No, they're 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 good folks. They're they just are. like yeah. normal normal folks and and uh very uh clever as well and uh very uh They've got their their uh, their products that they've been doing for forever, right? They do like oh, yeah. swimming pool tests and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, but they, uh, I don't know how how did they get into the brewing? Uh, well, game here? Um, yeah, they had, they had been a water testing company for the last you know mm-hmm. twenty thirty years, and then Ernie Rector comes along and he's a home brewer and he yeah. says you know some of these products would be good brewing products. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's how that's how the brew lab came to be. Um, and then he contacted me, and and we started collaborating on it a bit. And I helped them tweak it, and mm-hmm. that's how the the brew lab and brew lab plus came to be. Right. Uh, so those are the homebrew versions. And yep. uh, if you're looking to get yourself a a homebrew water test kit, 
I highly recommend those. I've seen them. I've played around with them. We gave a few away at the AHA rally that we had at, at Heretic. Uh, Lamont provided those for them. And uh, then also uh, I've got the, the pro version. Uh, they've got a real nice uh, one for cr- small craft brewers. And it yep. costs like 1000 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, if you have a brewery and you're brewing beer... Yeah, that's the one to get. And you, you know, if you if you're a pro brewer and you don't have a way of testing your water or you're sending it out uh, on a regular basis, it's going to cost you that thousand bucks. We've been using this kit for a year, and we haven't run out of reagents yet. And still going uh, strong. Yeah, and and we get the results instantly. So we're checking our water every week, especially with the drought in California. Things are changing. I find it extremely valuable i find it precise i find it easy to use i find it very quick to to get get results and uh i highly recommend it um full disclosure they gave us that kit but i would buy that kit if uh, i did not have one because uh, i find it that valuable and i find it that uh that good of quality so i'm real happy with it all right uh next question all right John and Jamil, would it be a terrible idea to ferment while stirring and heating on a heated stir plate? I have a flat-bottomed glass 6.5-gallon carboy, and I thought I could incorporate it into my temp control. I imagine I would turn off the stir option after 8 or 9 days to allow for flocculation. Could you elaborate on the disadvantages? Yeah, you know, people bring this up all the time. um, Because, you know, you stir your starters and you get... The thing about starter is you're you're really focused on yeast growth, not uh, flavor uh, development. And there's a lot of very subtle things about flavor development that depend on you know the yeast not really being that mixed up throughout the liquid, and you know uh, also not and rushing the growth rate as well. Right. There's just so many little things that I I think is a, a bad idea. Um, I you know people bring it up all the time. Uh, I'm sure you get. Uh, much higher attenuation, um, but I don't think the flavor would be there. So maybe a little bit of both. Try to get a good middle ground. No, <laughs> no, because you don't. For one thing, you don't want to have as much oxygen, you know, into the yeast uh, after the first twelve, twenty-four hours either. So, you know, depending on your headspace and uh, airlock and all that. Uh, uh, agitation with the stir probably wouldn't be a good idea. Yep. So wh- why would he want to? Uh, what he's, what's his, What's he trying to do to get a, a quicker ferment? Which, of course, you know, st- uh, heated ferment on a stir plate will get you probably to terminal in like two days. He didn't really right. elaborate on what exactly he was going for. He just right. said, would it well, be a terrible idea to do well, that? So assume he's trying to do a faster ferment. How, how, how would we go about Probably. that? Sure. Maybe well, in combination, maybe like like Taylor's saying, maybe he could do that for just a short period of time, like for the first 12 hours he could stir it. Like maybe he is having yeah. a problem with attenuation or something, right. and that's... You know, one of the things that, that happens during fermentation is the liquid becomes super saturated with CO2, and it's that presence of that CO2 that actually... Uh restricts the yeast from you know certain certain things they do different things in that mode right. versus when it, there's oxygen. It, it keeps them from producing as much uh, esters i believe or ester yeah. ester producing compounds right. or mm-hmm. ester potential compounds and when you get rid of all the co2 like you would when you stir it um if you ever tasted a starter wort once it's yeah. gone through it's you know, it's it's very estery, and you know, um, it's got a lot of compounds in it that just don't taste right. So I I think that's part of part of the problem. I see. Um, as is mixing the liquid uh, very thoroughly. You know, one of the the things that um, like if you look at uh, the Yorkshire Square uh, has these dead dead corners essentially the. There's not a, you know, when, when you ferment in a carboy, uh, it tends to kind of stir. Same thing in a, in a conical. It tends to have those, these convection currents that happen. And um, 
you know, there are areas where it's not stirring as much and that's going to give you a little more residual and maybe you're picking up a few more of these flavor compounds. And, you know, you don't want it to be perfect. You mm-hmm. want some of that in there to give the beer character and, you know, kind of some depth of uh, let, let the flavor. Vessel, let the vessel shape help drive the beer flavor. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the reasons you might use a square fermenter is mm-hmm. you want to get more, a little bit more diacetyl in, in the beer. You know, you want to get want these, these dead spots. Right. So um, hmm. I, 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 that's why I think, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, stirring it is is not the way to go. Well, on the flip side, he's welcome to try it and tell us what he thinks. Right. Send but I think in. it's, I really do think it's a case of, you know, something's really not broken here. Um, and we don't need to go there. There you go. All right. Next question. All right. This one. Hey, guys. I'm doing a blueberry stout and have a quick question. I want to add the fruit right to the primary after fermentation about one and a half weeks. Some people are saying, no, I should use a secondary in which I never use anymore. So I guess the question I have is, should I do this in primary or secondary? And if secondary, what is the reason for not using primary? Thank you in advance. Hope to see you in Baltimore. Chugley. Did you see him in Baltimore? <laughs> Might have. <laughs> I did, I did not. not sure. I, I don't recall seeing Chugley. Chugley. But then I wasn't in Baltimore, so eh, there you go. That would well, make it more true. difficult. Did you see Chugley in uh, Baltimore? Uh, I saw a lot of people, but I didn't know all their that, names. So. It, a lot of people. I probably Chugley. saw Chugley. It could have been named Chugley. Yes, Lots right. of people. Right. May have. May have. Right. Seems vaguely familiar, but of course, everybody seems vaguely familiar nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody seems very vague to me. Yes. Once you've seen all the possible Not faces. familiar, but vague. Yes. So fruit, you know, adding yeah. the fruit directly to the primary fermenter instead of racking onto the fruit per se. Um, I don't think that's a big deal. You know, assuming his firm, you know, his primary fermentation is healthy, um, healthy yeast. Uh, I don't, I don't see that as a problem. I, you don't, you don't need to rack um, unless you've got stuff in the fermenter that you don't want to be around, you know, for an extended fermentation or extended aging. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think if you get, uh, you know, your, your fermentation was, very, you know, nice and healthy, uh, everything progressed, uh, smoothly. He was talking a week and a half, which seems kind of long. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if, if your fermentation is pretty much done in five days and maybe you give it a day or two, and then and then you add the fruit, and then you know yeah. I, I see no problem with that. But the reason people rack off of one to the other, they used to do it just because that was the way it was done, which was really kind of bizarre. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, if you have a large pile of yeast at the bottom, and then you're you're looking at uh, a long time sitting with the fruit or with oak or with dry hops or something like that, and you're you're looking at another several weeks then, yeah, go ahead and, and rack over to something else. But I think, yeah, you know, at the end of a, a good ale fermentation or lager fermentation and it's, um, you know, the yeasts that are in there, you know they're healthy and, you know, and and that the yeast that you pitched initially didn't have a bunch of dead yeast in it, then I, I'd say, yeah, I'd, say, I'd agree with John. Yeah. Go for it. What do you say, Tasty? I, I agree 100%, yeah. I don't see any reason... Uh... That's just something you want to get rid of. Like get it. I don't. Know. Yeah, I go ahead and put it in the primer. Sure. Yeah. So there you go. You were right. At least according to the three of us. All right. Uh, let's see. One more. Yep. And we'll take another break. All right. Hey guys, I picked up a Lombot Brewery Lab recently, and I'm just getting started in adjusting my brewing water. I've looked at the Brewer's Friend online water chemistry calculator as well as John's downloadable Excel calculator, and I'm wondering if there's reason salt additions need to be manually entered rather than automatically calculated to optimal levels based on the comparison of source minerals to the chosen target profile. Ah, that's the key right there. I'm a software developer, and I'm considering building my own water calculator as a coding exercise while learning more about water adjustments at the same time. Before jumping into automatic salt calculation, I wanted to check with the expert to make sure I'm not missing some fundamental reason why this is a bad idea. 
there is no optimum. There, there is no secret ingredient, as Poe would say. Um, You're saying there's no equation to program. Well, no, the, the, there's equations, and, but, you know. The problem is it, in matching those water profiles. Yeah. That's um, not necessarily the best thing lo- to do. Oh, right. There's lots of ways to get from, from A to B. True. And yeah. I see. And, it, you know, depending on the style you intend to brew, let's, you know, whatever. I mean, you have this list of, you know, classic brewing cities that everybody looks to. And they say, so I'm going to brew a, you know, a stout and I need this water. Well, A, those water profiles aren't, you know, necessarily what the brewers were brewing with. And B, the brewers are probably adjusting their water besides that. Um, but, you know, really, that's a, those profiles are a suggestion uh, to you as a brewer, as an artist, you know, in developing your beer. Um, water adjustment is a real thing, but there's no single correct answer on what the water profile should be for a particular style. Um, and so if you look in the water book, you know, you're going to see a range of um, ion concentrations for various styles. And again, those are suggestions. You can go, you can be within those guidelines or you can be outside of the guidelines. Mm-hmm. It's going to depend on your, your tastes and so on. Um, okay, but, the, okay, regarding, okay, so, mm-hmm. so those are just approximations. So say you just decide, okay, fine. Uh, I want my water to be this many sulfates, this many chlorides, this many you know, sodiums and all this. And then you have also, you know, what your water is because you've done the, mm-hmm. the, the water test. Oh, and that's very easy. Then, to the, then, then he can program right. his thing to right. go ahead and calculate right. how much of everything to add. Yeah, oh, yeah. I yeah. would. I would just avoid going like, "Well, give me this classic city water thing." I think that's a mistake. No, I, but I, I, yeah. I, I think something that John was uh, trying to do earlier on was equate um, water to color and hoppiness and things like that. I think. If, if uh, you know, if this listener was making a calculator, what I would do is say, uh, okay, so what's what's the uh, the color of the, the, the beer, the SRM of this beer going to be? And you really need to know whether that SRM is coming from highly kiln malts or, you know, lots of lower Most color of malts. malts. I mean, that makes a difference. Um, yeah. You... You'd, you'd want to go, you know, do you want this beer to really be, you know, sharply hoppy or more, uh, you know, a gentle hoppy bitterness? Um, you know, what what do you want to accentuate? I would have it, you know, ask these kinds of questions. Is there a lot of, you know, highly kiln malts in there? Mm-hmm. Or is your color coming from more crystal malts? Is, you know, is this a pale beer? Is this, you know, a dark beer? Is this a hoppy beer? Is this a malty beer? Is this a beer that you want, you know, what, what, do, you, what do you want what, to emphasize? What do you want to emphasize? Do you want to en- emphasize the crispness of this or the softness of this? So with and a questionnaire. I, yeah, I think, you know, with a questionnaire or sliders or something like that, uh, you know, and then you input your water, then I think it could come up with, some, you know, a suggestion that yeah. would be a good starting point. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of like the Mr. Malty then, calculator. Yeah. It gives you, you know, a good idea of where you should start. Right. Then, um, then you make the beer, right? And then you taste and, and readjust, right? right? And like, then, oh. and then you 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 could go back to this calculator and say, "Nah, it's a little too sharp, or it's not sharp enough, yeah. and not crisp enough." I'm going to move that crisp slider, and yeah. I'm going to see what it tells me then. Mm-hmm. And then you'd look at you know your adjustments, and go, "Oh, okay, now I understand." You know, this is why I'm adding you know a little more gypsum or whatever it would be, or mm-hmm. this is why I'm driving the pH down with some acid, or and I think I think it's important to take into account um, you know some acid adjustment as well. It's a it's an excellent tool uh, for you know uh, yeah. dealing with water, and I think uh, you know a lot of times people leave that out and try and do just mineral. Right. So another question uh, for John. Um, was could you recommend a source for the formulas used in your calculator to measure the effects of salt additions on source water? Um, well, they're all they're all listed in the water book. Okay, um, they're very simple, you know, molecular weight calculations. Like uh, I've said in the past, I think you can buy the book. Yeah, read the book. <laughs> Excellent answer. 
It's in the book. There you go. All right. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll have more uh, of your questions right after this. Army, have you heard the latest at HopTech? Since HopTech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including white labs, white yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. They even have all grain systems from Grainfathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems, thanks to Jade, the brand new all grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you and all of your brewing questions over at hoptech.com. Hoptech, totally not sucking since 1983. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. Find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. In my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W NicoBrew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business. Grog tags aren't just for labeling your home brews to hand out to your friends. They're the perfect way to round out your personal brewing marketing. Bringing your latest beer to a funeral? Craft a metal sign to go with it. Heading out to Little Liam's Bar Mitzvah? Grog Tag custom bottle caps are awesome. Couldn't get out of jury duty this year? Grog Tag the hell out of the deliberation room with reusable labels. Grog Tag has an awesome array of products just waiting to be customized by you. Metal signs, coasters, tasting mats, bottle caps, tap handles. It's all there waiting for your designs at Grog Tag. Liven up your next party with the widest selection of custom products ever offered by a sponsor of the Brewing Network. Grog Tag. At least your beer will look good. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. 
This is Brew Strong. <laughs> is that your drum solo? It was, was supposed to be, yes. <laughs> that was one quick drum solo. Yeah, well, I, I missed the second uh, beat there. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know, uh, I'll tell you what. Our friends at the American Homebrew Association, special offer for you. Uh, I don't know if this really applies, but uh, <laughs> if you join or renew your AHA membership in June and receive uh, free will, drum solo, you will get a free drum solo. You get you get six ounces of mosaic hops from uh, Brewer Supply Group free with your membership. Just visit uh, homebrewersassociation.org and use the code BNAHA when you join or renew. Your offer ends June 30th while supplies last. Visit homebrewersassociation.org and use code BNAHA. So there you go. I think you you should try it anyways. And you should be a member of the AHA. God damn it. If you're not a member of the AHA, you're pissing me off. Because mm-hmm. we need a membership that it's a great organization. organization. Yeah, you get a lot of great stuff from it, but we need somebody that's kind of looking out for the uh, the homebrewers. And they've done that. They've got a history is. doing that. Something, oh, yeah. something they promise yeah. to do, they do it. Yep, and uh, that they're working is every day important. on us for that. Mm-hmm. So you need to support a group that's going to keep homebrewing legal. You know, help with uh, you know making yeah. sure that the laws are. are Sympathetic with what you want to do. No, yeah, a competitions, lot. a lot of information, a lot of research. Uh, good organization, good people. So get to homebrewersassociation.org and uh, sign up today if you have not already. All right. Next question, pornographic Stephen. All right. This one's a very long one and not really a bunch of questions. Pretty well, like much. We've heard that before. Pretty much he just wants John to. Um, Tell his brewing partner to Your buy stalker. to buy other things, and they want to brew with you. Um, this guy keeps telling his brew partner to get a carbon filter, auction system, temp control, outside burner, other things recommended from the read, brewing network. Read the title of the email. The title of the email in all caps is "I need John Palmer." <laughs> um, he says that the beers. Fairly good. They get good final gravities, low final gravities, but it tastes like yeast cells. Um, doesn't mind chill haze, but at least get a carbon filter. That's up calcium chloride. Use gelatin or another fining. Pretty, yeah, he's pretty much just complaining that his um, buddy won't spend money on things that he thinks um, would improve he should beer. have. That Yeah, would improve beer. Um, well, yeah, this guy wants to hang out with you. John. He, wants, he, wants he, needs new, he needs a new brewing buddy. He's They're only in Long Beach. So. Yeah, he wants you to be his brewing oh. buddy, essentially, is what yeah. it boils yeah. down to. They're he really Beach. doesn't give a crap about this other guy. He wants you to become <laughs> his brewing dump buddy. dump that other guy. Right, so you can dump him. No. I was I was at more beer one day, and um, I was picking something up or something like that, and uh, uh, there was some guy there, and I, I was picking up some World Flock, and he's like, well, what are those? I'm like, it's World Flock. I said, it works great. I said, uh, you know, you add it to the end of the boil, you know, you, you get this, you know, helps with your, your hot break, all this. And he's like, uh, you know, how much is it or something? Like and he was like, oh, no, I can't do that. I'm <laughs> like, well, why? He goes, I'm not throwing 20 cents or 10 cents, whatever <laughs> it was, into a batch. That's not needed. Well, it's like, well, it's kind of needed. I mean, you know, you're probably using like uh, Irish moss or something like that, and it's like, no, 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 I, I, I don't have money to waste on uh, <laughs> these ingredients. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it'll make your beer better. Ah, hell no, I'm Maybe. not paying ten cents to make my beer better. Well, so the question is. Um, should he should everything. he buy things? Yes, I'd, I'd say. Well, yeah. Should he buy things you need? So maybe he's a similar kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. There are recommended products and recommended practices to improve your beer for a reason. Yeah. That's not like uh, you know we would recommend something that you know we'll we'll tell no. you what the value of no. something is and why you you would want it or not. Right. I mean, I'll tell you why you want a HA membership. I'll tell you why you know you want to go to the Blickman Engineering side. I'll tell you why. You, you know, if you're looking for a water uh, measurement, you go to Lamont. 
I'll yeah. tell you why. That's right. I don't want you wasted money, but uh, some of these people go to the extreme. Couldn't afford ten cents a batch. Yeah, they're uh, yeah. Economics okay. are messed up. All right, I understand. You guys never do like uh, brewing demonstrations or anything, do you? We actually don't know how to brew, so <laughs> at all. Oh, That'd okay. Be really, you difficult. just talk about it and we just talk about it. <laughs> oh, well, we have a no dirty mind. hands policy. <laughs> Get other people to do it for you. That's right. You we have a no work clause in our in our brewing network uh, contract. Yes. Nice. We refuse to do any actual labor. Put any effort out whatsoever. Straight from a manager. That's what collaborators are for. Right. That's you borrow their stuff. Ride their star. <laughs> Anytime somebody wants me to go and brew somewhere or do something, they're like, oh, we, you know, we'll have a homebrew day with you. And I'm like, all right. And I, because I've given up actually trying to homebrew when other people are around. I, I end up talking, I end up drinking, and I cannot, I cannot make anything turn out right. We're on the same page there. Yeah. It's a forget. They don't believe you. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I'll brew by myself. That's it. Me too. And it, it just, it, yeah. Easily distracted. Yes. Yeah, I'll be entertaining. I'll be, you know, pouring beers. Or, right. A little piece of yarn comes by yeah. and I chase after it. You exactly. Know. <laughs> <laughs> totally distracted. No, I give, I couldn't, I would, yeah, I. I never make a beer just for the hell of it. I'm making it for a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pouring it for well, it's people turn that I'm out, trying it's to impress. Be perfect. I'm trying to see if I'm changing my process or right. the recipe. I can't let you can't any be distracted. No. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So it, it just doesn't work, and that's why John will not show up and brew with you. I am sorry. No. <laughs> All right. There's a whole different price sheet for that. Next question. <laughs> All right. Hey, fellas, this year has been my first attempt at competitions. I've had some success with my loggers, first and second places, with a high score of 44. However, the biggest thing I consistently get marked down is flavor. Flavor. What are some possible factors I can start tweaking to improve my competition scores? I know that's a pretty broad question, but that's sure to invoke exasperated gasps. But just to point in the right direction, our mindset would be very appreciated. Well, see, it's hard Cheers. to point in the right direction when you don't have the the map of where you've been because yes. we don't know where you've been it's hard to point you in the right direction i would say a couple of common causes with poor flavor scores are like really stupid recipes that mm-hmm. you've gotten like sometimes off the internet sometimes from questionable homebrew shops or something yeah. you've made up yourself or thinking you, that you right you're a pretty you just, good recipe guy right uh so, uh, and he not, did say loggers not, too. Not that, to collect, which to tend to be real simple. Yeah. Um, not to collect another twenty-five cents for selling another book, but brewing classic styles. If you yeah. start with those and work from there, that should get you pretty damn close. They're not going to complain about a flavor of one of those recipes. They're not going to say, "Oh, it's you know." If you make the beer well, right? If you make the beer well, right. that'll get you close. Yeah. You should, if you're making, now maybe this guy's brewing those recipes. If he is, then I'd start looking at his brewing process. I'd start yeah. looking at, you know, fermentation. I'd start looking at packaging. I'd start looking at, uh, you know, source ingredients, things like that. Clarity, you know. Uh, yeah. Things yeah. that would hide hide the flavors in the beer, maybe. Right, yeah. right. Um, you know, if, if he's getting, you know, comments on uh, flavor, then, uh, and the other thing would be, you know, fermentation. Maybe he's got the yeast on a stir plate, you know? Uh, that could be. Um, it could be old ingredients. It could be yeah, yeah. a variety of things. It could be well, staling. Right. Yeah. And probably the most common thing is poor fermentation practices or contamination. And so, um, you know, that's that tends to be a real issue for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, don't forget the fermentation is you know, fully at least 80% of the flavor in a beer. So you have to master that. And that's, yeah. that's where a lot of your flavor comes from. Hop aroma and flavor, though, could be an oxidation problem. If you're trying to make IPAs and not getting the hop expression you were looking for, the, you know, mm-hmm. the, maybe the recipe describes, it could be an oxidation problem. Right. And the malts will drop out as well. So, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's so general. 
And then, you know, maybe he's just pitching an actual adequate amount of yeast for his loggers or something. And that's why his loggers are okay. I don't know. It's an odd question. But like I said, we try and answer them. No matter, you know. Keep moving forward. Somebody's going to send in a question. It's going to be A. We're going to like, all right. That's what you might mean by that. Yeah, right. We will guess. Yes, we'll make up a question for you. Right. Okay. Next question. Hey, guys. I was wondering what you think about how to treat green beer, not the color, the flavor of a young beer. When I make light-colored hoppy beers, I think of a beer that should be drank fresh. But after about a week or two in primary, maybe another week in secondary with dry hops, sometimes it still has that green beer flavor. Usually I just keg it, and it seems to taste fine after about a week of carbonating. But is this the right thing to do? Should I keep it on the yeast keek until it tastes as intended, or should I keg it? What's going on that causes this green beer flavor? If it helps, my process is batch sparge, oxygenate with pure oxygen, pitch the appropriate amount of yeast via starter of slurry, and I have a fermentation, uh, fermentation temp controller. All right. Steve, I want to ask you one thing. When is your birthday and they bring out that thing with the candles in it and they put it in front of you? What's that called? It's a cake. Okay. Not a keek? A keek. It's a keek. <laughs> you said a yeast keek. A yeast keek. Right. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Just checking. It's the, it's the, ca- it's the Canadian consistent. coming out of me. <laughs> I'm not Canadian at all. Just, yeast just keek. Like... <laughs> um, I think you bring up the cats. Oh, right. man. Um, when I... When I you hear the term green beer, it always uh, is related to acetaldehyde. Yeah. So, I don't know. John, tasty? Well, I, I've, I mean, I've noticed with, like, I make a lot of hoppy beers. And uh, the first, you know, three or four days, they, they do, you know, taste a little uh, too fresh, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Too, mm-hmm. too grassy, you mean? Yeah, maybe. Uh, this is They're already cleared, so... Um, it's not like there's a lot in suspension, but this, you know, they certainly taste better in a, in a week or two and, uh, not sure, you know, what that's all about. That's just that to me, that's more like just conditioning of the beer. Uh, well, there is a lot of, uh, you know, yeast still, in, even when a beer seems to have cleared up, oh, there's sure. still a lot of yeast. There can be a lot of protein yeah. tannin complex and those things can have harsh, uh, flavors to them. Yeah. Or um, maybe muddled, muddling flavors as right, well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... You know, I, I tend to prefer a clearer beer, and sometimes, you know, giving it a couple of weeks in the keg will allow that to settle out. Yeah. Yeah. If it's hot polyphenol related, yeah, getting the, giving time for those to settle out can take away some of those grassy, um, some people describe them as juicy flavors, but uh, I think it's mostly grassy chlorophenol yeah. or chlorophyll type. Yeah. The water soluble portion of the hops is, is stuck in there, I think. Yeah. Uh, you can filter if you want to get get there quicker. I found that when I was filtering all the time, the beer would you know taste four weeks old when I, after I filtered it, it would just be like ready to go. There'd be no young character at all. Mm-hmm. That's just another step in the process that you. That's why I stopped doing it. It's causing a few problems I didn't want to have, so I went strictly mm-hmm. to findings. Well, what should this guy be doing then? Well, if he wants his beer sooner, he's just going to have to make it sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, brew brew more early. Yes, is our yeah. answer for that one. I think. Yes, yes. Yeah. I guess also um, if it is a acetaldehyde conditioning kind of problem, uh, raising the temperature you know after the first three four days of fermentation to kind of do a diastole rest may help with his uh, huh. maturation and yeah. and remove some more of those green beer flavors. Well, um, if that's the source of them. Yeah, and really... That's, that's a good um, point. Yeah, do a raise at the end of the ferment. Yeah, at the end of the ferment for the acetaldehyde, because the, um, you know, it, it, that tends to be... It, if your ferment is rocketing along, um, you tend to get more acetaldehyde at the end. Yeah. And you really got to watch out for that. If you're... Um, so you, you really kind of want to not go balls out at the very beginning you want to you know a slower with it with a climb towards the end especially the first thing, half yeah. of the ferment and then uh, what i always did was like even after i saw f- fermentation appear to be complete it had stopped i always gave it an extra day or two in the yep. fermenter right. yep and uh 
that, it's not being on the yeast cake. It's being warm with the yeast and suspension that's cleaning mm-hmm. it up. Yeah. Well, and as the yeast is settling, it's it's cleaning up that uh, right. acetaldehyde. If you if you take it at that point immediately to the cold, the yeast does not clean up the acetaldehyde. No, or it, it could take a lot longer, even if there is any yeast still active. Yeah. But if you leave it warm for that one or two days, it, it goes very quickly, yeah. and you get yeah. a cleaner beer. I've done it where I'll, like, I'll keg the beer uh, on, when it reaches terminal, and then I'll just let it sit warm. I'll just, I won't put it in the cold space and, and uh, crash it. I'll leave it warm for a few days. Because mm-hmm. I know there's yeast in suspension, right? And it'll do, it's basically giving it a diacetyl rest. Right. There you go. All right, uh, let's take one more break, and when we come back, we'll wrap up with your questions right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all green brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Ken Grossman of Sierra Nevada Brewing Company says making great beer is hard. Making the same great beer every day is harder. Brewers Publications announces its latest release for breweries of any type and size. Quality Management, an essential guide for brewers by Mary Pelletieri. Proper quality management for small, regional, and national breweries is critical. Whether you are an established business or brand new, learn the best ways to create and manage a quality system in your brewery. This book will guide you in developing a comprehensive program that will grow with your brewery, help ensure quality processes in the brewery, and continue providing great beer for your fans. Quality management for breweries is critical for continued success. This guidebook teaches you to integrate quality management in every level of the operation. It will guide you in developing a comprehensive program to ensure quality processes in your brewery. Quality management, an essential guide for brewers, now available from Brewers Publications. Learn more at brewerspublications.com. 
has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. It's me, Palmer, and Tasticles. We got the porno, Stephen. We got the uh, the Bebo. Her mic's broken. That's why she hasn't said much. And she's kind of half sleeping and maybe playing solitaire. Yeah, but she no. feels safer behind the glass. No. Oh. She, yeah. yeah. That's why she's separated from us. All the f- dead flies are gone from the glass. <laughs> Somebody cleaned them. <laughs> no, there's still one there. <laughs> there's new ones every minute. Yes. That's what she killed. All right. Uh, questions from the chat. All right. Hey, Brew Strong guys. I emailed about using well water. Thanks for the response. We'll be using the test kit if we get off the ground. Follow up, though. Ran into a potential issue with nitrates and agricultural runoff in well water. Uh-huh. What issues can you run into with this water, and what should I be looking out for as far as concentrations go? Mm. It's in the water book. <laughs> Read the water book. All right, next question. Yeah, I don't remember what the numbers are. Yeah, um, but yeah, with nitrates, uh, well, you're going to run into um, you're going to run into higher um, or poor flavor stability. Mm-hmm. Um, high nitrates can also affect yeast health and affect the fermentation. Um, yeah, that's a that's a that's a bad. Uh, mm. That can be a real significant problem, yeah? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, fortunately, I, d- I did cover that in the water book, or we, I should say we did, we covered it in the water book. Um, I just don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. And is there a treatment for that? Um, yeah, carbon filtration. Oh, it'll take care of some uh, most of that or all of it? or Most of it. Well, I mean, darn, now I'm thinking there's... Now I'm remembering there was something about nitrates that wasn't fully covered by carbon. Uh, maybe maybe you needed UV in front of it too as well uh. to help break them up mm. and allow the carbon to better absorb them. Yeah, because various uh, formats of it, yeah? Yeah. But that's doable. So it's not like he's considering like a production environment yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's not like he's uh, dead in the water. Yeah. Right, yeah. There are, there are treatment options, yeah. Dead in the water. You see what I said there? <laughs> yeah, that was oh, funny. That's a pun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Next but. question. When you are doing a yeast starter, I've heard you say chill and decant. Why would you not try to pitch the yeast while it's at how high Krausen? Well, all right. So usually you're having to make such a big starter that as a percentage of the beer that you're brewing, it ends up being like a, a large percent percentage yeah. of the beer. And it can Too dilute large. the flavor, lower the alcohol dilute level. Yeah. The better flavors. And it and it does not taste very good. So you, you that's why a stirred starter, yeah, I don't know. So usually I will chill it down, harvest the yeast, and then the the day of brewing, and this way I, I know that I successfully grew up the yeast. I do it like the week approaching brewing. And then uh, the day of brewing, I will add that to some starter wort, a small smaller amount of starter wort, and just get it active again. And it'll be foaming up and, and ready to rock and roll. And yeah. that I will throw the whole thing into the, into the beer. Yeah. I think that's a better approach. It's a little more work, but I think the results you get are spectacular that way. The, the ambient on my on my water is is higher, so I, I usually don't pitch till the next day. Mm-hmm. But I'll do essentially what you're doing. But I'll take some wort out of the actual ferment, right, and add that to it, and pitch the whole thing the next day. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, next question: I lose three gallons to evaporation in a ninety minute boil. Is that a lot? Could it be my pot, my burner? No other information. Not sure what. <laughs> if you're using five gallons, if you're using five gallon, five gallon, five gallon yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. three. Yeah, three, you kind of got a problem. Three gallon batch, yeah, and it was zero. Let's assume. Let's assume he's doing three thousand gallon must batch. Be doing, yeah, must be ten. It's assuming he's no. Yeah, it could be. Could no, be if I, five, when I do it, when I do a ten gallon batch, and I'm making twelve gallons of wort because I lose a lot, or I want to lose a lot at various points. 
Uh, I, my pre ball is like 15 gallons. So uh, mm-hmm. that's for me, three gallons I lose. Yeah. 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 A 15% evaporation rate is not unheard of. It's pretty common. Yeah. Well, they were saying anything over like eight or something like that is considered excessive uh, thermal load. Thermal and all loading. That stuff. Huh? Well, yeah, on right. a commercial scale, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, commercially they'll they'll do like three, four percent. I would. So it may be that the he's got a nice broad surface area on his pot, and then he's getting a lot of wind in a very dry environment, and so that's why he's getting so much uh, evaporation at a higher altitude. Yeah. What I would suggest is turn the burner down a little bit. And get a little less evaporation. See how that works out for them. Because mm-hmm. uh, you don't want too much evaporation either. You don't want too much. Uh, I mean, that that might be a. And it, yeah. it depends on what the gravities are. If his gravities are overshooting, definitely just turn the heat down and go to a lesser boil and see how that works out for you. I would I would give that a shot. That's that's well worth yep. trying. Sound advice. All right. One more. One more. I just tried my first New England-style IPA and really enjoyed it. Is there a way other than mashing high or adding too much crystal malt to get the mouthfeel that those beers can have without being so cloudy? I've heard the breweries that brew these styles use up to 20% styles or 20% oats. Well, you could use 20% oats. That's um, not Mm going to make them cloudy. Um, if you're getting full conversion of your starches, right? Um, the oats will add. Uh, What's well, the protein that they add? Is what yeah. is why they're adding. Proteins, them. They're trying yeah. to get protein, protein, protein haze, maybe. Yeah, they're trying to get protein in the wort. So when they do the dry hop, it those polyphenols will bind uh, to those proteins. What was this question again? Well, he was talking about mouthfeel. A New England, mouthfeel. yeah, a New England uh, style IPA. Yeah, mouthfeel has has a lot to do with so many other things, and mouthfeel is not necessarily related to finishing gravity or even necessarily ingredients. It has to do more with uh, you know better fermentation and you know a lot of those other things. Yeah, I mean you can cheat it other ways, but mouthfeel. You know, isn't necessarily um, you know related to that. It's protein levels, um, and uh, it's, yeah, more more protein levels than residual sugar or dextrins. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, it depends on the the length of the proteins, the type of the proteins. Yeah, because they can. I mean, there can be a lot of proteins, but not really contribute to that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, oats will definitely improve the mouthfeel, or definitely imp- increase the body. It's and, kind of a yeah, the kind creaminess, of a, a silkiness. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I'm not. I'm not real sure what character of the New England IPA. Uh, yeah, know, here on the West Coast, we don't get many New England IPAs. When I was out there, I tasted a whole bunch of them, and I didn't really get increased mouthfeel. That wasn't. Mm. What I would say was no, they seem the to real be, indicator. Uh, I mean, mostly I see like, was all over. No, mouthfeel was. Yeah, some of them were good, some of them were bad. Yeah, I don't say they were particularly more mouthfeel than any other beer. Some of them were chunky, <laughs> chunks of That's yeast. Another problem. Oh, so Beaver just texted me and said that guy. It was a five gallon batch. Oh, yeah. he's using three. Yeah, he's losing way, three. That's way too much. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We got <laughs> too much. Turn the heat down. Turn the heat down, bro. Way down. Yeah. yeah. I would add water. I would, and I've done this. Uh-huh. If I want to get a, each a, tar, a target volume, yeah, I got my little yardstick. I can, I can tell. Right. I can keep my my whole oil add water at back, the target yeah. volume the whole time. But if I just went every five minutes and a little bit more water, yeah, and just trickle it in. Sure. Yeah. There you go. Sweet. All right. Another fine show. It was a show, I'm sure. Yes. Made um, better by having Tasty there. Oh, thank oh, you. And by Adam and Eve. You uh, oh, you jumped the gun there, son. Oh, sorry. Get stuff to adamandeve.com. 
Use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, and you're going to get yourself free shipping. You're going to get a free gift for, for your significant other, a free gift for you, a free gift for both of you, and six free adult DVDs, including the clit bumper. <laughs> and uh, and uh, all those goodies, just use the offer code Jamel, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com. And uh, support another fine sponsor of ours uh, today. Right, mate? Yeah. Right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Speaking about um, about Dr. Homebrew. Speaking about adult videos. <laughs> what? JP. Are you you and JP doing a porno together? Maybe. Yes. I don't know. We're, we've been speaking about a collaboration. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, if you, if you like this show... Listen to the rest of the uh, Brewing Network. Uh, Dr. Homebrew and the others, they're all there, all free for you to download, and uh, lots of good stuff out there. Till then, brew strong, everyone. Brew strong.